0: Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every single day, only 13, 14 minutes usually, but it keeps us in God's Word, and that helps us to stay strong in our faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Please help somebody in your life strengthen their faith by getting them into these studies. Share these with them every day through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. Again, you may help somebody grow in their faith, come closer to God, and maybe even get to heaven. What a great blessing for them, but also for you. So make that commitment. Start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're coming toward the end of our study, our line of thought and study, talking about how wonderful it is to be a Christian. Now, we've, we've compared this particular just mindset to comparing it to how we take pride in certain identities in our lives. Uh, people are proud of their family name. They're proud to be a part of a their their physical family. People are proud to be citizens of their particular nation or the state, in, 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 this case, in living in the United States, the state in which they live, or the city in which they live. People are proud to be, you know, an alumnus of a particular school where they graduated maybe from high school or college. Uh, people are proud to be, often proud to be a, a, a worker, an employee, a member of a particular company where they work. Maybe they've worked there for 20 or 30 years. People are proud to be members of a particular branch of military service, or maybe having had had been a, brand, a member of that particular branch of military service. And you see, the, the list can go on and on. We take pride in, we're, we're thankful for certain specific identities within our lives. But when you think about all of these, they really don't compare with the most wonderful of all identities, and that is being a Christian, how wonderful it is to be a Christian. And we've been trying to bring that out. Now, if you only looked at it from somewhat of a, some people might say a technical perspective, just think of the blessings that go with being a Christian. Acts 22 and verse 16 why are you raiding? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling the name of the Lord. Now, how important is that? How wonderful it is, is, is being forgiven of all of our sins, having that, that anvil weight lifted off of our, soul, our shoulders and from our conscience because of things we've done in the past that we know we're wrong and we seek forgiveness for. What are the wages of sin? Death, Romans 6 and verse 23. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord, the rest of that same verse. well, And then having been forgiven, we're talking about salvation, salvation. Speaking of Jesus, Peter said, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Jesus came as our Savior, and his very name Jesus means Savior. And think about all of the blessings. The Apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3 that by virtue of being a true Christian, we're blessed with all of the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. And one of those great blessings is the power of prayer, being able to talk to our heavenly Father anytime, anywhere, and knowing that he's there and he always hears our prayer. Ephesians 3 and verse 20, speaking of God and his power, his ability to bless us in answer to our prayers or just bless us in our lives in general, he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. And James emphasizes that the effective fervent prayer of a righteous person has great power in its effects, James 5 and verse 16. But We've really been focusing mostly upon what a blessing it is to be a part of the church that our Lord established upon this earth in his mission as the Savior coming to this earth from heaven itself, central to the message of salvation, the gospel of Christ, central to his going to the cross and dying to pay the price for the guilt of our sins, John 3 and verse 16, Romans 5 and verse 8, and a number of other verses, is that, that he came to establish the church. He did not just do something for us so monumental and say, "Now hope you all enjoy that. <laughs> but no, he came also to establish his church upon this earth so that we could be a part of that body. And it is identified, as we said, Ephesians 1, verses 22 and 23, Colossians 3, verse 18, Colossians 3 and verse 24, uh, it is is identified, I'm sorry, Colossians chapter 1, verse 18, and chapter 1 and verse 24, it is identified as Christ's very body, now obviously not the physical body that he, he was in as a human being upon this earth, but from a spiritual perspective, the church is the body of Christ, and is identified as such. And as a Christian, we are a part of that body. Now, we also noted that when we became a Christian, the Lord added us to that body, to his church, Acts 2 and verse 47. And God adopted us as his special children into his family, which is the church. Now, as such, And we've really been trying to emphasize this how blessed we are to be in the family of God, to be in the body of Christ, to be a part of His church. Because as such, we have all these brothers and sisters in Christ. We have an extended family spiritually, not just our physical family, but we have this enormous number of brothers and sisters spiritually. They are our brothers and sisters in Christ. And so we need to be continually praying for them and asking them to be praying for us, because we need each other's spiritual strength and encouragement. We talk about being edified, edified, and that word means to be strengthened, to be built up, to be encouraged, and that's part of being a part of the body of Christ, of the family of God, of the church that Jesus established. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 11. And we ought to be praying for one another. James 5 and verse 16. Now, when our brother or sister in Christ is struggling, well, think about if your physical sibling, you get a phone call, and it's your brother Bob or your sister Mary, and they say, You know, my husband just died, my wife just died, or the house burned down. Well, there's an instant connection there between yourself and them, because they're hurting, and you're probably going to want to help them in in whatever way that you can, and certainly that should be the case. Well, such is the case from a spiritual perspective in relation to our brothers and sisters in Christ. In Galatians 6 and verse 1, Paul wrote, "'Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual,' Restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Now think about that. We need to be caring about our brothers and sisters in Christ. And if we see that the devil's been working on them and he's been making some headway and they've been struggling in their faithfulness, in their dedication to God, we need to go to them. We need to talk to them lovingly, patiently kindly, but with great care, and help them see where they're going astray, and, and we need to try to help bring them back to faithfulness and dedication to God. We looked at the second verse of Galatians chapter 6, and there it talks about bearing one another's burdens, and so fulfilled the law of Christ. And, and when you think about both of these together, well, they certainly are connected, And so when when our brother, sister in Christ is going through something that they cannot handle themselves by themselves of their own power, we need to try to be there for them. And particularly if it's a matter of their soul's salvation and eternal life, if that's in jeopardy, we need to care enough that we're not just praying for them privately, but we're trying to, to help them see their need to turn it around and to repent and come back to faithfulness. In Romans chapter 14 and verse 1, maybe they simply need, maybe they simply need help with spiritual immaturity. And a whole lot of Christians are at that particular point. There are Christians who have been Christians for many years, but they've never really matured as they should. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 14 and verse 1, Receive one who is weak in the faith, but not to disputes over doubtful things. Now, sometimes we need to understand brother, sister, in Christ, they have not grown spiritually as much as we would like to have seen them do, maybe as, as much as they should have been doing by that particular point in their Christian lives, but there's, it, it does us no good to get mad at them, and, and we sh- certainly should not be chewing them out in some kind of, of you know, ugly way you know, looking down our nose and just, you know, telling them how bad they are and all of that, but rather we need to love them. That, that, that does not excuse their unfaithfulness. It does not excuse the sinfulness into which they have digressed. Maybe we should say regressed, but it, it's, it's telling them, helping them to see, you know, you're off track here. You're off track, can we talk about it? Can we pray together? Can we study together and help you to see what, how, you know, where you need to get back on track and how you need to get back on track? We need to love each other that much. When you think about 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and you begin with verse four, read down on through the rest of the chapter, only 13 verses in that particular chapter. You, you, Paul lays out for us, qualities of love. And the word that is translated from the Greek into the English there as love is not the word that we normally have in our English language as, as love. We, we talk about the one word love in reference to a whole lot of different things. We love our spouse. We love our parents. We love our children. We also love chocolate cake and peanut butter and, and on and on and on. But in the Greek language of that day, the word was very specific, and that was talking about a, a love that, that a lot of people understand as agape. That was, the, that was the word in the Greek, agape. And it's a quality of love that is not driven primarily by emotion, which a lot of our experiences in love are, but it's, it's a love where the person makes up his mind, I'm going to love you no matter what you are. No matter if you hate me, I'm still going to love you. And so it is a love that is a mindset. And you read through those qualities, and they're incredible. And we ought to love our brothers and sisters that much, our brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, we're going to stop here because our time is getting short, and we're going to finish up this particular study next time. We have several more scripture references I want us to look at, Hopefully, this is helping you to see, and maybe you can help other people to see, how wonderful, truly wonderful it is to be a Christian. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for blessing us with the opportunity to become Christians, a part of your spiritual family, a part of the body of Christ, his church. Help us to share how wonderful this relationship with you and with him is and with all of our brothers and sisters in Christ how wonderful it is help us to see help us to help other people see how wonderful it is to be a christian please forgive us and hear a prayer in jesus name amen